The views, opinions, and content of the show hosts and their guests appearing on America's Web Radio are their own and do not necessarily reflect those of the station. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Hola, mi gente. Bienvenidos al show de On Point with Victor. All right, let me switch back to English. You know, sometimes when I get back from Mexico, which I just got back, folks, uh, yes, uh, the other day, uh, this uh, Saturday night. Uh, so I was, all, and this is why I was out last week. You had to enjoy a best of Victor last week, so my apologies. But I'm sure it was great. And listen, if it was your second, your second time listening to the show, you probably needed to hear it a second time. So it's a good thing. Uh, but I was in um, Mexico all last week. And uh, part of the time I spent uh, was down in a city called Tapatula, which is right on the border of Guatemala. So it's, we're talking about the Mexico border with Guatemala. And uh, it was it – was, uh, I will tell you about this trip today. Uh, we've got a lot to get to, so we're going to kind of move fast. But the, the, I, I will touch on that because you guys need to hear what I witnessed, what I saw, and the, what I heard because you're not hearing it on CNN. You're not hearing it on MSNBC. You're not hearing it on ABC or CBS or NBC or, or, uh, NPR. You're not going to hear what I saw, what I heard, what I, what I witnessed. You're just not going to hear it reported. Even Fox News doesn't report as, as deeply as some of the things that I saw. But Fox News would probably be the closest, maybe Newsmax and, and, and those places. But, but when you're down there and seeing it firsthand like I did, uh, it, it is an experience, folks. It is an experience. Uh, but, um, you know, I, 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 I laugh and joke and open the show in Spanish because, you know, when I spend a week down in Mexico, it's uh, mostly Spanish that I'm speaking. And, uh, when I come back, sometimes it's a little tough to switch the switch, to throw the switch. And so I'll still be thinking things in, in Spanish. And even though, folks, look, I, I, I've been away. I don't speak uh, perfect Spanish. <laughs> I just don't. But, uh, you know, you don't live there. You're not going to speak perfect Spanish unless you're engulfed in speaking Spanish every day. Uh, but I am uh, fluent and I do speak it. So, but, but once you get down there and you spend a few days, you know, a week like I did, uh, you get to speaking it and then, um, you, you, you have a little trouble or sometimes switching back to English completely. So you might hear some Spanglish today. But, uh, but anyway, folks, I, listen, this is the On Point with Victor show. I am Victor Armendariz, the Mexican, not afraid to be American. And, uh, this is the America's Web Radio station. Uh, folks, listen, if you haven't checked out americaswebradio.com, you need to do so. And, and I, I'm going to ask all of you a favor. You need to not only go investigate americaswebradio.com and not only check out the On Point with Victor show, I need you to spread the word. Spread the word. Let your friends know. Let let your family know. Uh, let them know about the On Point with Victor show. And then if, you, if you're into cars or, or you want to know what real doctors are thinking, then check out the other shows on America's Web Radio because it's, it's, it's full of shows, all kinds of entertainment. And uh, you really need to follow America's Web Radio. Download the America's Web Radio app. And then, of course, find the On Point with Victor show on Spotify, on Apple Podcast, and and follow me as well. And you can find me on social media. Uh, but make sure you're following me, and make sure you're spreading the word. Spread the word. So uh, because we need more followers. <laughs> That's all I hear from agents and from uh, anyone in the business is uh, followers, followers, followers. They love that social media. And you guys know how I feel. I hate social media. 
But you know, you got to do what you got to do. So, uh, but anyway, all right, folks, we've got to get, uh, I got to get rolling here. There's so much going on today. You know, the Supreme Court's going on today. Now, if you didn't know, I'm going to tell you the, uh, the big student loan, you know, Joe Brandon Biden. And here's the kicker, folks. You know, the student loans, you know, there's a, there's, about $1.7 trillion out there or something like that that is owed by uh, students uh, or people who have student loans. Uh, they're on debt, uh, in, up to debt or up to their eyeballs in debt because they made the decision to take out all kinds of money to go to college. Some of these, most, many of these uh, are, are high income family kids who went to the top, top, top schools, most prestigious schools around the country, and now they don't want to pay for their loans. And what the Biden administration has done, and, and listen, there are some good people out there who are hardworking people who are saddled with student loans, but they made that decision. And if you're one of those people that's saddled with student loans, then you know what? You need to figure out a way to get through it. You need to figure out a way to restructure the loan, figure out a way to to refinance the loan, whatever you need to do, and just chip away at it because you got to do what you got to do. That's your obligation. You made that choice. You made that choice. And and I understand that colleges out there are pushing you, high schools, they're pushing you to get student loans. Well, you know what? Maybe think about it before you do it. Don't just listen to a high school counselor or these these union teachers and these college professors who are who are pushing you into a loan. Don't just do it. Really investigate and, and make sure you want to be saddled with that debt. Not every one of you students that come out of college is going to have a $100,000 job right away, folks. you got to understand that. That's not how the world works. And, David, you look like you have a comment. Well, I think uh, the student loan situation is our situation. And when I say our situation, our country's situation, we have become a – Reactive as opposed to a proactive. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I go back in more many, ways than one many years before you, but you know, one, I didn't have a student loan. Mm-hmm. We, we paid cash up front for my college education, mm-hmm. but that's not to say that many, many others had even going back to my time had student loans. That's when they first started really coming out. Mm -hmm. was in the 60s. And uh, my point being is that we're reactive instead of proactive. And if we had counselors that really knew what they were doing and advised Uh the kids coming in and advised them what they could be hung up with, you know, you can be in debt the rest of your life if you yeah. take out a student loan. So be, if we became a country that was proactive, telling the truth, heaven forbid. Yeah. Uh, telling, <laughs> well, that, that right there, David, is a stretch. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but, no, you're right. And, and yeah. then we get, you know, the kids get out of school now. Mm-hmm. And like you said, 100, 200, a medical school, a medical right. student, you know, and, and, and that's, with, that's a tough way to go to bed every night. It sure is. It sure is. And, and, and listen, it, 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 when you've got somebody like Biden and the Democrats in control, you really aren't going to come out of college with that 80, 90 or plus hundred thousand dollar job. And if you do get it, it ain't what it was yesterday because inflation has taken a huge bite out of whatever you're going to be earning. And, and when a government official and listen, anybody who's in a public 
excuse me, a government school, those are government officials. Those teachers are government officials. And if you're in a, just about any college today, I hate to say it, but they're so corrupted now and they're so in, in with, with a left leaning government. These people, when they tell you that you need to saddle yourself with debt, why wouldn't you? That their view is, well, the government runs in debt. Why can't you run in debt? And folks, let me tell you something. You do not want to go through your tw- – and understand this. You're going to go through your 20s, and you may struggle, and you may struggle and 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 live paycheck to paycheck. God knows I did. I, 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 in my twenties, I was one poor dude. <laughs> I mean, I was the epitome of poor. Uh, I couldn't live on my own. I had to have roommates. I was that poor. There was times when I was eating peanut butter crackers because I didn't like Roman noodles. My roommates were eating ramen noodles because they were a dollar a bag, if that much. But I didn't like those. So I was eating peanut butter crackers and, and, and I couldn't go out and get the pre-packed peanut butter crackers because I couldn't afford those. I had to go get a big jar of peanut butter and then go get my Ritz crackers as big as a box as I could get and then make my own peanut butter crackers. I had to do it myself because I had to budget. That was my twenties. I was that poor. I, I had to decide how much money. Co- do you know how long I went without a full tank of gas in my car? That's how poor I was. I couldn't put a full tank. And this was back when gas was half what it is now. But I was that poor. That was that poor. This is what happens sometimes in your 20s. But then you wisen up. You get more more experience. You get the better job. And you move and move. And then you start going up that income scale, and uh, which is what I did. You have to work hard. But no one in my 20s, when I was at the poorest of a poor, no one came up to me and said, hey, we're going to forgive any debt you have. And, and, and you know what? I didn't have a lot of college debt because my father didn't let me go into college debt. And he didn't pay for it all either. I had to work myself to go through college. I had to work my way through college. And that seems like a foreign concept now with a lot of people, but it shouldn't be. And I understand that college is more expensive today than it was a few years ago. I understand that. But that is a government uh, problem because the government caused this. The, and, and I want to get into it now how all this happened. But but when you've got the administrative machine that is college, which is pretty much like the bureaucratic machine in Washington, the bureaucratic machine in Washington, you've got this administrative machine in colleges. They're taking millions and millions of dollars to pay themselves. They're giving this tenured mess to those professors. They're giving millions to professors. The Sports programs are worth millions and millions and millions. I, I mean, you're telling me you can't take some of that money and help some of your own students? Now, what about the endowments? Look at the endowments at Harvard. Look at the endowments at Yale. Look at the endowments. Look how much money these colleges have. Why aren't they using those endowments to help students? Why? If they care so much about the color, uh, uh, the skin color of their students and they care about equity, if they still care much, uh, so much about equity, then, uh, you're, you're, why can't you use that endowment money? Folks, if you don't know what I'm talking about, take some time today or tomorrow or, or sometime and do a duck, duck, go search and search the, the, in, the, the endowment amounts, the endowments of Yale and Harvard and Stanford and, and other colleges. These big, if it's a big college, search the endowment and see how much money they're sitting on. They're sitting on millions and millions and millions, and you're telling me they can't use that money? Look, these are the schools that put these kids in so much debt. Now, look, don't get me wrong. 
if you're 18 years old and you made the decision to go in debt, you made the decision to sign that loan. Well, you're an adult. You made your bed and now you're going to get in it. But these colleges are culpable as well because they push these students into that debt and they try to convince them to take that debt. So if anybody should be helping the burden that these students have, it's the colleges that cause the help cause it. But you should never, ever, ever, not once, never, ever, 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 ever burden a blue-collar worker in this country who has worked all his life and may not have a college degree, but has worked all his life to be that best plumber or or best janitor or, or best waiter, best whatever, best cook. Why should they be saddled with your white-collar college debt? Yeah, I call it white-collar because so much of these students, so many of these students came from wealthy families. But they want the blue-collar guy. They want the poor guy. They want the middle-class guy. They want the lower-middle-class guy to be saddled with the debt, saddled with with paying for these student loans. That's messed up, folks. It's messed up. And and that, well, David, you got... You know, I, I totally agree with you. And the other thing that a lot of kids don't... And again, it's because nobody tells them. Mm-hmm. And nobody works their tail off for them. Helping them find, but there are scholarships out there, you know, bus union 212 mm-hmm. may give a scholarship. Military. Military. Oh, and that, oh. That's probably the best. That is the best without yeah. question. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, if not everybody is ready for the military at 18. <laughs> Ain't that the truth? <laughs> but, you know, at the same token, there are not only military organizations that give scholarships, there are thousands and thousands. Again, it may only be um, a five hundred or a thousand dollar a year scholarship, or buying books yeah. scholarship, or mm-hmm. this or that. But it all adds up. A hundred percent, David. You know, a hundred percent. And and look, I've got three nephews that are in college right now. And, and, and I, one of them, one of my nephews had, had, was, was, had a great chance and went with me to Mexico, uh, last week and got to see, he was astounded about the border situation, which I'll get to folks. I will get to that. Uh, but one of the, we had a lot of conversations about how much college is, uh, because he's struggling to, he wants to work. Uh, he's at Auburn University. But the problem is, is, is trying to find a job around the university with that he can work while going to school. And, and the catch 22 is you are told, we're told all our lives, you have to obtain this piece of paper so that you can get a better job. In order to obtain this piece of paper, you've got to go into debt up, up to your eyeballs. That is where the problem is with colleges. And, and if these administrators and the professors, why don't they voluntarily give back some of their money? Why don't they voluntarily pay, take less? Why does a professor need a million dollars a year? Why does a, a, a college football coach have a multi, multi-million dollar contract to coach a game? When these students should be learning how to apply themselves so they can be successful in life and be, and be good citizens and, and earn and produce. This country will not continue forward. I don't care if you call yourself a progressive. If we aren't putting out students who can read, who can write, who can do basic math and can have basic comprehension skills and who can apply themselves through critical thinking, how do you think we're going to progress forward? How? I'm not. And we're not exactly, David. We won't. So why can't college? And and it, it isn't why it, it isn't they can't. It's why won't they? 
Because colleges could figure out today how to make it easier and cheaper for students to go. And shouldn't that be the goal? If the goal is to convince every student in this country that they need a piece of paper called a degree, if that's the goal, then the goal should be how do we make college the most expi- the most <laughs> expensive? They've already done that. How do we make it the mo- the least expensive way? And I understand not all colleges are the same. And 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 understand this too. You do not need to go to a Yale or a Harvard or a Stanford to get a successful job. Your humble host sitting here right now has done very well for himself. N- not enough. <laughs> I got a long way to go. <laughs> I have a long way to go. But I- I'm on a good track, and it's because of hard work. I don't have a degree from Yale. I don't have a degree from Harvard. I don't have a degree from Stanford. I, I am not what you would consider an academic. I'm not what you considered a, a, uh, academic of intelligentsia. <laughs> I am just a hard worker guy who got a, 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 a degree from a state college. I went to GSU. Uh, and, and yeah, it's a good college and they have a good reputation, but it's not the most expensive college in, in, in Georgia, folks. It was, it was one of the least, well, not least expensive, but it wasn't one of the most expensive. And, and, and my, my point here is it's there is nothing wrong with spending your first two years, say, at a community college and then moving into a state college for your last two or three years. And and this business that you've got to be out in four years, it's great. If you can get into college and get out in four years, that's great. But there's no there should be no shame if it takes you five or six years. Um, and I even know it might take seven years sometimes. Uh, there's no shame in that. Because some people have to work while they go to college, and there's no shame in that. But the the effort here shouldn't be to shift the burden of cost to the to the blue collar family who's trying to live through Biden's inflation, trying to live through Biden's gas prices, trying to live through Biden's uh, food cost. If you imagine, imagine you are a family of four. And the mother's trying to to take care. Do she wants to be with the kids? She's trying hard to to raise the kids right because she's battling government schools every day for the mush they're putting in her kid's head. But she still has to work a job. And then the husband's out there. Let's say he's a a, a, a plumber or or whatever. But he's out there, and that's a blue-collar family trying to make it week to week, month to month. And now the Biden administration wants to say, hey, you blue-collar family who who maybe you're living on 50, 60, 70 grand a year, uh, and you're living maybe month to month and and saving as much as you can, we're going to dump student loan debt on you now. There's nothing free in this country, folks. You cannot forgive $1.7 trillion in, in student loans and not expect it's going to be paid somewhere. So the taxpayer has to pay this. Anytime the government comes along and says we're going to give you something free, that is poppycock. That is total bullshoy. They're just passing the cost to someone else who they think's not going to vote for them. So what the Biden administration is doing is saying all of you white-collar kids out there straddled with debt, we're going to forgive your debt so you vote for us. You vote for the letter D. Because we're going to make those those rubes down in rural America, those ones clinging to their Bibles, we're going to make them pay for your student debt. How does that make sense, folks? How does that make sense? How can you look at me and tell me that the Democrat Party gives a rat's you-know-what about today's blue-collar family or or the poor or the middle class or the upper middle? They want to saddle 
so many of you out there right now. Hey, maybe you're maybe you're a single guy out there or a single gal out there and you're working your tail off right now. Well, they want you to pay for other students' loans. How do you like that? How do you like that? This is so asinine. This is not the answer. Shifting the debt to someone who didn't take the debt is absolutely backass ass. I shouldn't say that. But it's backward thinking. When when there is a way and maybe the endowment plan is one way. Maybe we maybe maybe the Republicans, maybe Lindsey Graham and Mitch McConnell and Romney, maybe they should get off their derriere. Maybe they should get off their derrieres and come up with a plan. Now I would never advocate for more taxes, but I might make an exception to come up with a plan where we go into the endowments of these colleges. Because some of this stuff they got from government, I'm sure, and and I, I, you know we'll have to see where the money came from. But they're sitting on piles and piles and piles of cash with their endowments. Maybe we come up with a plan where you tax the endowment, and that money doesn't go into a pretend lockbox, doesn't go to the government general fund. It goes exactly straight to a student fund, so that you can help students pay for college. How about that? How about we do something like that? How about we work to break up the ridiculous administrative state of the college system and break up all this millions and millions and millions of dollars being played, paid for sports coaches and all this mess on and in college? It's a school. College is a school. So why don't we start diverting some of this money? Let's come up with a plan, Republicans. Come up with a get off your bums and come up with a, with a plan, a viable plan that actually will help students go to college. And listen, not everybody has to go to college. This business that you that you have to no, maybe you can go to a technical school. Look, we're going to need mechanics. We need mechanics on everywhere. We need computer engineers. We need all of this stuff. Maybe you can go to a technical school for programming. There are lots of options and all of these options should be explored and the Republicans should get off their butts and start coming out with some really good plans and maybe forcing the university system to come up with a way to help students. If they really cared about these students and, and, and they really cared about the American citizen getting educated, then they would find a way. They would find a way. And the Republicans need to push back and they need to put the Republicans – I'm sorry. They need to put the Democrats on the defensive here because right now the Democrats are on the offensive and that just ain't going to work, folks, especially going into 2024. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Hello. I'm Dr. Mike Karuchak. Have you ever wondered what doctors talk about amongst themselves? If you do, join us on the Doctor's Lounge and hear the doctors' conversations amongst themselves. Join me and my co-host, Dr. Hal Schertz, every Thursday morning, 8 to 9 a.m. This is America's Web Radio. Would you like to have a show? Talk about your business or express your opinion on America's Web Radio. Just email gm at americaswebradio.com and we'll get back to you. Thank you. If you love classic cars, you're going to want to listen to the Classic Car Show with Tom Cox and Richard Lentinello on America's Web Radio. Live every Saturday at 9 a.m. Eastern at americaswebradio.com or on demand on your favorite podcast app. (laughs) 
And we are back, folks. This is the On Point with Victor Show. I am Victor Arman. There is. Look, folks, I'm not angry. I'm just right. <laughs> I'm just right. And, uh, and I get passionate about this stuff because I'm sick and tired of politicians, mostly Democrats, who will tell you every day that they care about you when all they want to do is make you dependent. They want to make you dependent. Think about it, folks. Think about it. If you're out there, you made the decision to have a student loan, and now you're whining and crying because you have to pay your student loan. And the government comes along, the Democrats come along and say, oh, we're going to, we're going to shift this. We're going to take it away from you, and we're going to make so some Joe Blow plumber pay for your loan. They're making you dependent. If you are a student out there or you're a past student, you're, you're paying, you're, you're, you owe some money for your loans, and you fall for this Democrat mess, you're just making yourself a willing dependent on government because they will own you. They will own you. Listen, don't ever forget. Don't ever forget. And I can't remember which founding father said this. It may have been Jefferson. It may have been. Oh, gosh, I don't remember. Um, but don't ever forget. Whatever the government gives you, the government can take away. And right now, the Democrat Party, they want to tell you what to drive. They want to tell you when to drive. They want to tell you what to eat. They want to tell you where to live. They want to tell you how to live. Every authoritarian dream is being, well, let me put it this way. Every authoritarian despot dream of controlling the people is like a checklist right now for the Democrat Party. And every time you give in thinking that you're going to gain quality of life because the Democrat Party says they're going to shift something away from you and put it on someone else, they're just making you dependent. They're making you dependent. And if they make enough of you bozos dependent on them, there's not going to be much of a country left. There won't because this country can't survive with everybody being dependent on a government which is dependent on the taxpayer because the fewer and fewer taxpayers we have in this country, the less and less the government's going to take in in revenue. And what happens? And if you are sitting around like, like uh, the Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez and you think the government can print its way out of problems, you're out of your mind. The world history, the history of the world is riddled with, with societies that have collapsed under debt. And collapsed under inflation. And you cannot print and print and print without going and sending inflation to the skies. You must understand this. And I don't care what your pedigree is. I don't care what college you went to. I don't care how many economic PhDs you have. You cannot break my argument. This humble guy sitting right here. I will go toe-to-toe with any academic from any school, from any school of economics, who wants to sit in front of me on this radio show and try and tell me that Keynesian crap works or that printing money works or that printing money doesn't cause inflation or that that anything can cause inflation other than government because you are 100% wrong. The only thing that can drive inflation through the roof is government government causes all of this mess and 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 the you can just look back when trump left at what inflation was i think less than two percent and then with all that printing and all that printing and yes it started some of it happened under trump but then 
Oh, uh, oh, oh, Biden. I almost said, oh, Biden. <laughs> but then the Biden administration put it on overdrive. They burnt the wheels off the printing press. I mean, the, the printing presses are probably still smoking from the money that they've been printing. And what happened? Inflation went with Donald Trump under 2% has gone to double digit 10%. And I know, I know the media is going to tell you it's six or it's 8% or whatever they're telling you. That's not true, folks. If you look at the whole inflation total number, it's probably sitting at somewhere between eight, 10, maybe 12%. And it's going up. It's going, you cannot print. And, and, and what happened just the other day? What happened? Did, look, I'm going to jump topics here a little bit because I got to get to the, to the border talk uh, after the bottom of the hour. But, uh, what happened just the other day? What happened? Did Joe Biden go to Palestine, Ohio? Did Joe Biden, you know, from Washington, D.C., I think it's maybe 200 and some miles to get to Palestine, Ohio. Did he go there? No. No. He went over almost 5,000 miles to the Ukraine. And what did he do? He promised another, I don't know, $100 million to, to Ukraine. Where's that money coming from, folks? He's going to fight. Now he's going to burn the new wheels off, the new press for money. He's going to burn those wheels off, printing money for the Ukraine. Now, I'm not going to get into a discussion right now on Ukraine versus Russia and all that mess and, and, and what I truly think about it and, and what I think about the war and all that, because that doesn't matter. We cannot continue to send blank checks to Ukraine. I don't care how you feel about the war. You can't. We are not in a position to do it. We are weak. We have an, a, an economy that's barely uh, – uh, it's just flailing along right now, but the economy is starting to go into a slowdown. And we've got inflation that is not dropping. Inflation is going up. Gas is not going down. It's going up. Food is not going down. It's going up. We are weakening this country. We're making it harder for Americans to live. But yet we're going to burn the wheels off the printing press to print money to send to Ukraine. So Joe Biden did not go to Palestine, Ohio, to to comfort the people there who are suffering from an actual environmental disaster, a real and true environmental disaster. Not the fake climate change mess going on. Not this fake uh, fossil fuels are going to kill the planet. None of that. None of that. Because there's no evidence of that. But there's evidence right in front of your face of the environmental disaster that happened in Palestine, Ohio, with the overturned train. Biden didn't go there. He went to the Ukraine. He went to the Ukraine to go hug and play kissy-kissy and footsy-footsy with the leader of the Ukraine, who's – has anybody seen where 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 Zel- – I'm probably going to piss some of you off right now, but I'm going to say it anyway. Has anybody seen Zelensky's wife? Is she even in the Ukraine or is she on a shopping spree in France? <laughs> Maybe I shouldn't say that. Oh, my goodness. I'm probably going to send some people to their mad closets, but but I'm sorry, folks. We cannot keep spending. We are hurting in this country. There are so many Americans hurting. And, 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 and they want to forgive student loan debt, but they're spending another hundred million plus in Ukraine. And then it didn't, it wasn't just Joe Biden. So Janet Yellen. Now, first of all, what business does Janet Yellen have to go over to Ukraine? Because Janet Yellen, it may have been yesterday. 
she took a trip and she took a check with her. She took a check for a million something dollars and took a trip to go help some people. Now, some of you might be thinking, well, gosh, Victor, did she go to Palestine, Ohio with a million dollars to help those poor people? <laughs> no. Are you kidding? They're not Zelensky. She went to the Ukraine. Janet Yellen, the lady who's supposed to be in charge of, uh, isn't she in charge of the Fed or something? I don't even remember her position. But she, maybe she's the treasurer. I don't know. She went over to Ukraine. To go play footsies also. It wasn't enough that Biden went and played footsies with Zelensky. Now, Janet Yellen went and played footsies with Zelensky. And she took him a million dollar check. And then she said, oh, don't worry. There's more from where that came from. I'm just giving you some cash right now to to get by. But we're going to give you another 10 million. Who is she to be doing that? This is taxpayer money that she's going over there to give away. All the way to Ukraine. Now, again... Not gonna get, I, nobody wants Russia to win this, but there's a better way to do what we're doing. And there are people hurting and there are American citizens. Now, ladies and gentlemen, if you don't think the American citizens should come first, the, I'm sorry, the American border, the United States border should come before the Ukrainian border. The United States citizen needs to come before the Ukrainian citizen. And I'm sorry if that makes some of you uncomfortable. But if we were a strong country right now, if, you know, if Trump had been reelected, the Ukrainian people wouldn't be suffering right now because Putin wouldn't have done what he did. Joe Biden made it available. Well, let me put it this way. Joe Biden and the Democrat Party opened the pathway for Putin to attack Ukraine. Okay, so if you want to start talking about the cause of the Ukrainian war and why and the plight plight of the people in Ukraine then you need to go take it up with Joe Biden and the Democrats because this mess wouldn't be happening. These people wouldn't be suffering. The the Ukraine wouldn't be sitting in ruins right now if Donald J. Trump had been reelected president. So if you voted for Joe Biden, then you're culpable in this. So don't get mad at me when I want to question and I want to know where this money's going to. I want to know where half a billion dollars that we've given Ukraine, when I want to know where it's going. Don't get mad at me for asking questions. Because every every American citizen should be asked, every, let me rephrase that, every tax-paying citizen in the United States has a right to know where that money is going. Every taxpayer citizen in the United States has a right to know where that money's going. And you ain't seen so, nothing. And David, you're probably right. We haven't seen anything yet. So folks, you don't get mad at me. You go do some researching yourself. But you tell me, what are we doing about the, the, the people in Palestine, Ohio? Because they need help. And, and Americans should come first. The American citizens should come first. It, the Constitution, the United States Constitution clearly states that the federal government's number one job is to take care of the sovereignty and protect the people of the United States. It doesn't say protect the sovereignty of the Ukrainians or anywhere else. It is to protect the sovereignty and the people of the United States. That is a constitutional duty of the president of the United States, of the federal government. And your federal government right now is failing you. And, and, and why? Why didn't Biden go to Palestine, Ohio? Why? Well, could it be that nobody in Palestine, Ohio voted for this bozo? Now look, I know there were probably some people that did vote for that. I'm going to be nice that voted for Biden there. But the majority of the people in Palestine, Ohio, they're conservatives. 
they vote Republican. They voted for Donald J. Trump. Could this have something to do with it? Could it be that the people in Palestine, Ohio are just too white? Could it be that their skin color is just the wrong color? That they, that Biden and the Democrats just can't take time out of their schedule to go help fellow citizens because of their skin color? Look, I ask this question because it is the Democrats who are saying that everything needs to be based on skin color. It is the Democrats that are saying that, that there should be equal outcome and it should be based on skin color. It's the Democrats that are saying that, not me. So I have a right to ask these questions based on what I see the Democrats doing. And when I see the Democrat Party not go to Palestine, Ohio, look, Pete Buttigieg, the guy who's in charge of not letting trains derail, he just went. He just went. It's three or four weeks later. And nobody there wanted to see Pete Buttigieg. And Pete Buttigieg... Put on a white hat. <laughs> you just can't make this up. He puts on a white hard hat. When he just, when, when this train rails happened, he didn't talk about the people needing help in, in Palestine, Ohio. He talked about that there were too many construction workers that were white. This moron, this incompetent boob. Oh, I shouldn't say that. <laughs> I know, David. I shouldn't say that. <laughs> that's, but that's why he wouldn't go, because they didn't have his bra size. <laughs> that's right. He had to breastfeed his skull. Oh, gosh, I'm not even going to go down that road. But this fool in Buttigieg, who's in charge of not letting trains derail, I mean, in a matter of speaking, because he is the transportation secretary, It, it when this... Tragedy happened. He didn't say anything about the, the the train derailment and what these people were going to experience and what they were going to have to do. No. He was instead going out and giving speeches on construction workers being too white. Now, I got a question for Pete Buttigieg. I have a question. In what city in this country can you walk onto a construction site and see a bunch of white dudes in con- doing the construction work? Because the last time I saw... <laughs> of them are my people, which are the brown folks. Uh, When I walk through a construction site, I hear Spanish. Uh, I don't hear a lot of of English, except maybe coming from the foreman who's speaking bad Spanish. (laughs) I mean, folks, think about it. Use your head. This is where critical thinking comes in. This is why... The Department of Education, which needs to be dismantled and just gone, put away with. But this is why the Department of Education and your Democrat Party, this is why they don't want you to learn critical thinking skills. Because if you just sit back and go, wait a minute, Pete Buttigieg just told me that every construction site where I see Hispanic dudes working, he just told me that there were too many white dudes in construction. Where? Where are the white dudes? I mean, just because they're wearing a white helmet, hard hat, doesn't mean that they're white dudes or white women. I, I, I challenge you as a listener, go to a construction site near you and you count how many brown skin dudes and, and, and women, how many men and women of the brown skin color are out there doing the work. Now, you might go into the box and find the white engineer <laughs> or or the white foreman. Uh, you might find some somewhere. But the overwhelming people on a construction site are Hispanic people. So what the heck 
was Pete Buttigieg talking about? So instead of talking about a serious issue of the train derailment and the chemical spill and the damage to the environment on how they were going to react and how they're going to help the people and stop the contamination of these chemicals, instead of talking about that, he made up a story about too many white dudes working in construction. And you know what? Who cares if there are too many white dudes working in construction? If they're qualified, do you want your house built by qualified builders or do you want your house built by equity-seeking uh, uh, people who got where they were because of their skin color? I mean, if you want one of those houses that's slanted and maybe you want your – if you want to drop marbles or food on the floor and watch it roll down to one side of the house, then okay, yeah, you go get your equity builder. But I don't know about you. But I don't want my homes and my buildings and my bridges built by equity builders. I want them built by the most qualified builders, the most qualified engineers on the planet. That's what I want. That's what I want. I want my airplanes flown by qualified pilots. I don't care, male, female. I don't care what they identify as as long as they're qualified to fly the plane. You see what I'm saying here, folks? Do you want to sit in a tube that's going 500 miles an hour, 37,000 feet in the sky. Do you want to be sitting in that tube knowing that there's a pilot sitting there that got there because of their skin color or they got there because of their experience? They got there because they were qualified. I mean, folks, everything I'm telling you here shouldn't be a big surprise. This should be normal thinking for a normal educated person, a normal person of normal life experience who just understands that it's merit. Merit should get you where you, where you're going. You want to achieve, you want to be promoted because you earned it. Now I know there are people out there that want to get promoted because of their skin color, because that's what they're told. But I promise you, you don't want to be on an airplane with an equity pilot. You want to be on an airplane with a pilot who has gained the experience and has the qualifications to be in that seat. And you want the the I, truck drivers. You want the truck driver to have the experience and to understand how to double clutch. <laughs> you you don't want an equity driver out there who's going to be smashing into everything at every turn. I, I, it, you can apply this to everything, but especially home building and bridge building and 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 building building. Do you want the qualified engineer engineering these structures, or do you want the equity engineer? Because if you go with the equity engineer, you're going to end up with loss of life and you're going to end up building the same thing two or three times. Why not build it right the first time and save lives by using the most qualified engineers? And this can be applied to every aspect of this, of the United States and the economy. We should be merit based. Colleges shouldn't be admitting people because of their skin colors. They should admit people because of their merit. And if we have a problem with with a certain skin color, whether it be brown or yellow or black, whatever, if, if, if there's a problem, if you don't feel like there's enough students, then maybe, maybe we have a government education problem starting with first grade. Maybe there's a – if there aren't enough kids graduating that have competence in reading and arithmetic and critical thinking and they're not able to get into a college – Maybe it's because they weren't taught right in the first place. Being uh, um, not able to read and not able to be proficient in mathematics or basic living skills 
has nothing to do with your skin color. It has everything to do with the way you were brought up. And I, I, I shouldn't have to repeat that, but I will. Making it in this world, achieving things in this world, has everything to do with you applying yourself and you being the best you can be. It has nothing to do with your skin color. So if your fault, if you're, if you're, if you're lacking in reading skills, if you're lacking in mathematics, if you're lacking in critical thinking skills, if you're lacking in any of those skills, the basic skills to, to progress in life, it's not because of your skin color. Go back and blame your teachers who've passed you when you are failing. Go back and maybe blame your parents for not being involved enough. But you can do something about it. If you're one of those people out there or you know somebody, tell them don't blame your skin color. Do something about it. There are plenty of, of, of learning centers. There are plenty of, of, of tutors where you can go better yourself. And you can do it. You can get friends. You can have family. And it's not all going to cost ridiculous amounts of money. But you can better yourself and then you can find a trade school or go find a job, a mechanics, whatever it is. Get the experience. Learn. Learn, 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 folks. Listen, I don't care how smart I think I am. The day that I think I cannot learn or the day I think there's not nothing more for me to learn is when my life probably starts to go downhill. You can always learn. You can always learn. There's someone out there somewhere. I don't care how smart you think you are. Someone out there knows something that you don't. Or they know a better way maybe than you don't know. They have a little bit of experience that maybe you don't have. Don't ever think you can't learn, folks. Don't ever, ever, ever think you can't learn. Okay, now we'll go take a break here. And uh, when we come back, I'm going to talk about the border. I know, I'm sorry, there's just so much to get to, but we're going to talk about the border. My trip to the Mexican-Guatemalan border as soon as we get back, folks. Don't go anywhere. If you want the truth about politics, medicine, weapons, classic cars, and more, you'll want to tune in to America's Web Radio. You can listen to all of your favorite shows live at www.americaswebradio.com or on demand on iTunes, Spotify, or your favorite podcast app. That's www.americaswebradio.com. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. If you love classic cars, you're going to want to listen to The Classic Car Show with Tom Cox and Richard Lentinello on America's Web Radio. Live every Saturday at 9 a.m. Eastern at AmericasWebRadio.com or on demand on your favorite podcast app. On August 8th. 2022, in violation of the Fourth Amendment, the FBI performed a most egregious search of a former president's home. The Fourth Amendment of the U.S. Constitution provides that the right of the people to be secure in their persons, houses, papers, and effects against unreasonable searches and seizures shall not be violated, and no warrants shall issue, but upon probable cause, supported by oath or affirmation, and particularly describing the place to be searched, in the persons or things to be seized. The Fourth Amendment originally enforced the notion that each man's home is his castle, secure from unreasonable searches and seizures of property by the government. We must take a stand and take back our country. This is America's Web Radio. Would you like to have a show? 
talk about your business, or express your opinion on America's Web Radio. Just email gm at americaswebradio.com, and we'll get back to you. Thank you. Listening to America's Web Radio on the America's Broadcast Network.com. Thank you for listening. Hey, welcome back, folks. This is the On Point with Victor show. I am Victor Armendaris. Um, I had a engineer pipe in, and you guys may have uh, remember engineer Dave. Uh, he made a, uh, it's basically backed up what I'm telling you. He spends a lot of time on construction sites and, uh, yeah, your workers, your, sl- your people slubbing around the sites doing the hard heavy lifting are mostly Hispanics. I, I mean, it's just, it's just true. I don't know what Buddha Judge is, is talking about. I mean, it's, it's the crap that comes out of this White House. You want to talk about disinformation and misinformation and, and straight up just lies and untruths? That is the Democrat Party, folks. And anybody out there who thinks they can challenge me on this, bring it. Just bring it. Uh, and, and, you know, Engineer Day brings another point about they, they're going to look for low-cost labor. But understand this, folks. Understand, finding low-cost labor with these Hispanics doesn't mean that they're not good builders. I mean, probably the best builders in the world are your third-world Hispanics who, who – listen – I was just down in, in near the border of Guatemala and Mexico, and there are streets that are being repaired. These workers, from the time they're teenagers, they learn how to do these repairs by hand. They don't have the big machines down there to fill potholes. They're not moving ex- and, and expanding lanes with a whole bunch of machinery. They do it by hand. A lot of the st- – I mean, it's it's amazing to see. So the skill level – a lot of these workers are off the charts. It's just their cheap labor. Because when you can get a bunch of illegals over here and put them on a job site, you, they just, they want cash. And you can't blame the illegals. So they, they take this cash and they're sending billions back to Venezuela, to Mexico, to Guatemala, to Nicaragua. I mean, they're, Nicaragua, all of them. They're sending all this money back. They're sending so much money back. So, you can't blame the construction workers because, of course, everything's about cost. So these companies, you can't blame them for wanting to utilize this labor when you've got the Democrat Party who wants all these laborers here because they want their votes. You've got the Republican establishment, Lindsey Graham, Mitch McConnell, Romney, who want all the illegals here for the cheap labor because the Chamber of Commerce wants the cheap labor. So, I mean, there's a whole big mess going. But once again, it's all created by government. All of these issues are being created by government. And it's a shame. It's a shame. But, but don't, don't, but don't misunderstand. Don't under, don't, don't think that these, these Hispanic workers that are working their fingers to the bone from six in the morning till dark, don't think they don't know what they're doing. They're highly skilled people. These are highly skilled people. They just, are willing to take a lower wage than uh, maybe <laughs> some white dude that Buddha Judge was talking about. So I don't know. Uh, Buddha Judge is crazy, but uh, eh, you know the guy. Remember the guy went away for months and nobody missed him. So what does that tell you? So all right, folks, let me tell you about my. Tra- well, actually, I gotta tell you something else. So I, I, you listeners are awesome. Had another listener chime in. From, uh, I believe Duluth, Georgia. And, uh, he just let me know that he did his taxes. Now folks, I, I, it's tax season's coming up and it's gonna piss you off and it ought to make you demand 
that we move to a consumption tax system. And, uh, so this, this listener just chimed in and told me, Victor, I just did my taxes and I, but I'm really sad because I just found out that I still owe the Ukraine $12,000. So some of you might see that on your tax returns, you're going to owe money to Ukraine. <laughs> oh my goodness. I just cracked myself up. All right. So let's move on. Uh, so I spent last week, folks, down uh, – now, if if you want to see a city that sits on the border of destruction, uh, look up the city of Tapachula, Tapachula, Mexico. This sits on the border with Guatemala, and every migrant, every illegal that's coming from all parts of the world – ladies and gentlemen, that's, we're talking Haitians, we're talking Chinese, um, Middle Middle Eastern people – Every, all of them from all over. It's not just people from Mexico. It's not just people from Guatemala and from Panama and from Nicaragua and from Venezuela. It's not just people from there. These, there are tons of Haitians. Uh, I can't tell you, uh, folks. I mean, what I witnessed, it was just amazing. But all of these people from all of these countries are, are making their way to, to Central America and they're coming up from Guatemala and they're coming right into Mexico, right across the Guatemalan border into Mexico. Now let me tell you the first thing I noticed. Now I go every year. Every year at least once I am down there by, by this border, especially since all this mess with Biden started happening. So what did I notice? So when Trump was president, especially, especially the last couple of years of his presidency, the Mexican government put military and, and border checks, border patrol, their idea of border patrol, there, which is basically their military. They had them on the border of Mexico and Guatemala. And they were trying to push back and they weren't letting everybody through. They were trying, and this was because of Donald Trump. This was because Donald Trump stood in front of Obrador, the president of Mexico, and he said, and listen, understand this. Trump did this after Obrador came into, uh, came into the presidency and he started making fun of Trump. And well, Obrador quickly stopped making fun of Trump when he met Trump because Trump stood in front of Obrador and said, listen, let me tell you something, man. You are going to start helping your people. And you're also going to start putting a stem and helping the United States with this migrants chain, this migrants trains that are coming up. And I mean trains of people, not choo-choo trains. But when they're coming up from the border, you're going to help put a stop to it. Or all the money you get from the United States, I'm going to put a stop to. And then I'm going to tax the bajijijis out of everything that comes out of Mexico into the United States. We're going to make life very hard for you and see how you can live without the United States. Well, you know what? Obrador looked at him and go, oh, gosh, Mr. Trump, I love you, President Trump. You're my best friend now. And uh, absolutely. And he sent the military down to the border of Guatemala and Mexico. And he was actually trying to help. And they were stemming some of the some of the migration. And then some of those huge convoys stopped coming. And they they were slowed down. And I saw this firsthand. I saw the military there. Now, what did I see this time last week? This time for the first time? There's no military. There's no Mexican military. The Mexican president has removed the military. There's nothing at the border of Mexico and Guatemala. Basically, nothing. Anyone who wants to come over is coming over, and Mexico's just letting them in, and they're coming, and they're making their way right on up to the United States. 
So Mexico is no longer helping. Why? Why aren't they helping? Because Joe Brandon Biden is weak. And Joe Brandon Biden doesn't want them to stop. Joe Brandon Biden and your Democrat Party wants as many illegals to come up through Mexico and into this country as possible. And ladies and gentlemen, if you think all these people are nice and they're the downtrodden and the good people, they're not. They're not. I saw my with my own eyes when I was in Tapachula because Tapachula right now is overrun with the illegals from Haitian. I saw a ton of Haitians, but um, they've got. People from the Middle East. They've got the uh, people coming from China. You've got uh, pe- from all over the place, but a huge amount of of Central American people have made it, and they're they set up grounds and camps in the streets and in the parks of Tapachula, the city that's just across the border in Mexico. And there's nothing stopping them. And so I talked to people in Tapachula, the Mexican people there, and they're so frustrated. They're frustrated because their way of life is being changed by all these illegals who are coming up and stopping in Tapachula because that's a pretty big city. So they make all their way through Central America. They come across into Mexico, and they're going to stop, and they're resting. They're they're trying to gather their things or whatever they're doing, but they're they're absolutely changing this city that is known as Tapachula, Mexico. And I talk to cab drivers. I talk to young people. I talk to these people in Me- these Mexicans who are frustrated and upset because their city is being changed. And the government, and not just the Mexican government. Here's what else I found out: N- not just the Mexican government. There are governments around the world, including the United States, that are giving money to these migrants. Just giving them money. They're just giving them money to live on. So they're not working. They're not coming. It'd be one thing if these people were coming up to Mexico trying to get a job. They're not. They're coming up. They stand in these long lines. They crowd the streets. They block the roads. They're blocking restaurants. They're blocking banks because they want, they're trying to get their free money so they can keep on making their way to the United States. Folks, it's unbelievable. And what I saw mostly, I saw military age young men. Not families, not women and children. I saw military-aged young men by the masses coming over that border and coming to the United States. Why? Why aren't you hearing about this in the media? You've got to ask yourself why you're not hearing about this. These are some of the things that I saw. And and ladies and gentlemen, there. The again, some of these people need help, and 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 it would be nice to, to find a way to help them. But there are a lot of young men of working age that don't want to work because the politicians are telling them they don't have to. They just got to make their way to the U.S. and they're being a burden in every city that they stop by. I talk to families who have to walk their young daughters to school because they're being abducted by some of these migrants. I am not making this up, folks. You can see it for yourself if you want to take a trip with me next time. So, all right, folks, we'll get into more of this next week. I'll talk about more of my trip, and uh, we'll get into so many things we'll get into next week. So make sure you're tuned in next week. This is the On Point with Victor Show. I am Victor Armanderas. The views, opinions, and content of the show hosts and their guests appearing on America's Web Radio are their own and do not necessarily reflect those of the station. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening.